the minister is trying to offer assurances, we're talking about a monster. This is a person that has raped. This is a child pedophile who has raped children under the age of eight. This is an absolute monster. That is a Brampton mayor. Patrick Brown, none too happy to uh, learn that he's got a new person living in his neighborhood that would be a convicted sex offender. And he's surprised, although he shouldn't be, because they are in every community. And this is the part of the justice system, the revolving door of destruction. They go in, they come out, they reoffend, they go back in, then they come back out. And that would be the case in Brampton, where this triple convicted sex offender, Madeline Harks, has been dumped it dumped and Madeline used to go by the name of Matthew and Madeline has now just finished up her latest uh, stint in jail for sexually assaulting as Patrick Brown said a child under the age she's got a long rap sheet of abusing and molesting up to 60 little girls she's from BC great dump her there why bring her here but, uh, yeah, this is what happens. They come here and cops warn that the uh, monster could reoffend. Chances are she will, as they always do. Um, so, yeah, Patrick Brown is writing the feds saying, why is this happening? But I think if you knew, the reality is it happens all the time. And because of the privacy laws in this country, it's none of your damn business where they live albeit it should be. Let's bring in Dave Perry, former homicide cop, who is, of course, our uh, crime expert here at Global News Radio. Hello there. Hello, Alex. And this is uh, particularly a file which you you understand well. Um, But it wasn't until really, I think, the the Holly Jones case, which was was a case that you worked on, um, that we kind of really started to realize how many sexual offenders live among us, and you don't even know. Yeah, and we started to realize just how broke the system is and, and still is today. You know, back then, as you'll remember, Alex, uh, we had uh, started the investigation when we were still treating Holly's disappearance as, as that, as an abduction. And um, one of the first things that we did, first thing in the morning, uh, the, the night after she disappeared, was do a two-kilometer radius check on the registered sex offender registry and we found that there were 248 of them living within in two kilometers of her home. And that shocked all of us. And uh, as time went forward and we started to have to track them all down, we started to see just how broke the system was and that none of them were living where they were supposed to live. None of them were being checked on and supervised. And so you have all of these sex offenders, and that's just taking a small little footprint out of the city of Toronto. And, and all of these sex offenders just out on release and with no supervision, doing whatever it is they like to do. And so we realized that we had an even bigger problem than we thought. And and this one here with Madeline Harks uh, strikes fear in everybody's minds. Uh, you know, who is she? Where is she from? What, what are her convictions? And, and I think that uh, Patrick Brown has a reasonable question why here. Yeah, and it's not unusual. I mean, the police often, I, and I think they do it uh, on purpose. You know, you get the, the the newsrooms get these warnings. You know, so and so's coming to town. They just got out. You know, buyer beware. People keep an eye out. But I think, you know, once the media picks up on this and puts it on the radar, eventually they either get run out of town. I mean, in my experience of any of those that I got covered, they end up leaving town because the scrutiny is just simply too much. But why would they dump this person in? You know, if Madeline is from or whatever Matthew Madeline is from BC, why not send her back to BC? Why does Toronto and the GTA always become the dumping ground for these people? 
Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> and it could be that uh, she spent some of her federal time in, in Ontario. And as a result, uh, Ontario, and who knows why in, in this small city that she gets dumped into, but sometimes it's just the location upon their release. Sometimes it's because there's a strategy and there's all the well-wishers in the justice system and the correctional services that are, you know, those su- such hopeful people that uh, somebody's going to change their ways and they, they support them to start their lives in a, in a new community where nobody's going to know them. But the the one good piece of news is is that the police in circumstances like this have the right to make an announcement to put the public on high alert that they do have. And, and let's just say it for what it is. This is a dangerous sex offender that's been released into the community with a high likelihood of reoffending. That should send fear through all of us. And so I don't blame anybody for the way they're feeling and how, why they're so upset, I would be too. Right. It, but it begs the question, because we hear it all the time, then why the heck is she out? You know, like why, yeah, exactly. if, if this person is such a danger, we know that, that she's got prior convictions for other little girls that she's violated and done God knows what to. So why then, do, why do we never see the book thrown at sex offenders? I really, like if she got, I would not care if, and I don't think many parents would, if these people would just disappear. I do, they don't deserve second and third chances, certainly not fourth and fifth. Well, I agree. And I, I believe in incarceration until the point where they are no longer a threat. So that can happen in a few ways. One of them is that they're, they're actually uh, in a justified program and participating wholeheartedly and, and trying to change and trying to get some help. But we the thing we know about uh, pedophiles is that there really is no cure. So mm-hmm. people who assault children, uh, there is no cure. They're always going to have those desires. So unless they're either incarcerated or under the highest level of supervision, the likelihood of them reoffending is significant. So um, sh- they should be incarcerated until they're no longer a threat, in my view. But unfortunately, our weak justice system here in Canada views that as another way. And, and like, I get it. I get the police are just making the public statement that they have to, saying that, you know, she has rights and that she is afforded the same rights under the charter as everybody else, and they will protect her if anybody tries to breach those rights. Well, that's nice, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about how do we manage a sex offender who has such a high likelihood of reoffending. Uh, how do we keep them under wraps and control? And, and it's not the fault of the police. They don't no. have the resources. They're not going to be able to keep keep her under wraps. And no, of course not. Uh, if she does reoffend, who are we going to hold accountable for that? Well, right. And so parents or, you know, those in the in the area are going to have to be worried. You know, is she sticking around? Is she, is she hanging out at parks? Is she on the Internet going into chat rooms? Because, as you say, there's not nearly enough resource that the cops can actually, even if she's high risk to reoffend uh, and almost a guarantee, they cannot put that kind of resource to, to one person. No, they can't. I mean, it would take, you know, a six or seven person surveillance team to do it properly to to stay up with her and to test her to, to make sure that she's she's not doing anything to breach her conditions. You know, back in the day, I do remember a case that a, a buddy of mine ran, and he did a great job, similar situation. Somebody from out west dumped in the Toronto area, and, and uh, again, because of the high level of threat, we put surveillance on that person, and it didn't take very long. And, and there he was in a washroom chatting to children and so on. So he got more time actually for, for breaching than he, than he did for... His original offense. So, so would uh, it be your feel? Would it be your feeling then that the cops would put uh, someone watching this person for the first couple of weeks? I would hope so. Initially, that they would they would have uh, somebody supervising and perhaps conducting surveillance to to make sure that she's not doing anything that she's not supposed to. But uh, 
it's hard to say, but let's just say that they do it. And whether that's a week or four weeks, at, at some point, if there's no uh, breach and there's no offense, then they're, they're going to lose interest and they're going to move on to the next one because there'll be another one just like Madeline mm. out there. And and then Madeline, uh, if she lays low and she decides to reoffend, then that's what's going to happen. And that's that's the part here where, you know, somebody in our system has to be held accountable for these decisions. We can't just go back to the Charter of Rights and we can't just go back to the fact that they've served their sentence and so on. You know, the, the Canadian government and and the public have a, you know, they have an onus to be protected by the government. And it's my view that somebody, if she reoffends, should be held accountable at the highest level. Well, you would think. I mean, there's there's certain crimes in this country that at, at what, some point you just say, no, too bad. You, you, you don't get charter rights. And to me, sex crimes against children is that because it's so destructive uh, to the children involved, to, to their families. Uh, they never recover from these kinds of things. And, and my experience and, and likely your experience is that, generally speaking, they reoffend. And that's yeah, why you see this revolving door of seven convictions, eight convictions, nine convictions. So at some point, someone's got to put a law in the book. You would think at this point, someone in government would put a law in the book that keeps them in. Yeah, and and you know what, Alex, you'll, you'll recall my time when I ran the, the sexual assault squad. Um, we had offenders like this coming through our door on a, on a very regular basis. And, you know, somebody like who we're talking about tonight is, is at the absolute highest level in terms of risk to, to public safety. And we're talking about the safety of children. This isn't just everybody. We're talking about the safety of children. And, um, you know, it just, it's just wrong that somebody who's, you know, sexually assaulted up to 60 children mm-hmm. in their lifetime is suddenly just dumped in a community and, and uh, you know, the, the, the sort of media from the, the justice system would be that she has served her time and she has the same rights as everybody else. And I, I think that's where we've, we've lost our way and we've, we've failed our, our system here by yeah. allowing this to happen. Yeah. And just before I let you go, the other challenge here is, is Matthew is now Madeline. And most, most women who might not know about her in the news would be far more trusting to a woman around their child than a guy. Uh, but that would be, a, you know, what this person's likely counting on. Well, that, that that does trouble me. I mean, you know, people who decide uh, to change their sexual orientation to to become a transgender or whatever that is, then then that's all fine, of course. But when it's when it's complicated by the layers that we might be seeing here, where you know somebody was a man and and uh, a prolific sex offender against uh, mostly he was preferential towards female children and and now as a woman that it it's a flag and it's concerning. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll keep an eye on this headline because I have a feeling it will become another headline. I have a feeling it will be back. And we'll talk about it. Dave, thanks so much. Pleasure. That is Dave Perry uh, joining us. And that is, that is just the reality. You might not like it. Don't shoot the messenger. It is, I've seen it a hundred times. I have yet to cover a sex offender case that is not a multiple, multiple conviction. They go in and they come back out. I have no sorrow for these people because the destruction they do to kids is just if you've ever seen a child have to sit on a stand and testify to what happened to them it is utterly heartbreaking so we'll keep an eye on that one i'm alex pearson this is global news radio